1: on 116123 That's 16-123. 116 they are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year Let's all take a moment to talk more than football
2: Anyone want a cup of tea? I was still an Everton fan right up until Just before I started playing Liverpool's first team If someone tells you it's boss in Liverpool, it's boss I thought it might be a little bit too uh, egotistical A little bit, maybe I'm wrong uh, there's a few characters
3: down there, isn't there? Hello, and welcome to the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name is Justin. Joining me, as always, the CEO of Merwolves, the man with the cans, Mark Silver. How you doing, mate?
4: Doing well. How are you, Justin?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm very good, very good. So, today's guest. Jamie Carragher. When we recorded this one, uh, there was a few of you. I think wanted to talk to Jamie, so there was there was you there, and a couple of your artists were there as well, weren't they?
4: Well, only Mister Mina was was on the chat because he was a big part of the mural that went up. Uh, we had Nasha there as well, but we kind of locked him in the broom cupboard <laughs> to the side of us, so you might hear <laughs> him mumbling in the background, but no, didn't didn't have too much to say on it.
3: Yeah. Now you, were, where were you when we recorded this? I think you were in at Crystal Palace, is that right? We was at Crystal Palace.
4: Yeah, we was there painting the tribute mural for Max. Jazz at that time. So uh, obviously we wanted to record this and uh, Crystal Palace were very accommodating and gave us their Sky Sports studio to do it in
3: well it's a little bit echoey on your side so you will have to sort of get used to that but it's an absolutely fantastic chat he was great I mean I remember when we started he sort of said do you mind if I go and get a cup of tea didn't he and he sort of disappeared for 10 minutes and carried on yeah, talking in the back it for a little bit. <laughs> he did didn't he
4: listen when, when we when we first discussed about doing these podcasts and it was a case of you know talking to people that we've painted we've built up some great relationships with the sportsmen women especially in the football world and, and other celebrities but out of all of them I'd say that with Jamie the relationships the strongest he appreciated what we've done so much to the point that he's on call if we ever need anything or any introductions he's just put his uh, he's put his arm out there and said you know let me know what you need boys and, and we'll take care of it And I think he ended the conversation like that so uh, for me it was never a, a question of you know will he be willing to come on it's about when can we get him on and make it work and I, I thought it was brilliant I think it was a, a proper good laugh in terms of the chat from start to finish really so uh, yeah enjoy that one Good afternoon,
3: everybody. How are we? Uh, Good
4: afternoon, Justin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really good. Thank you very much.
3: Excellent, excellent. So obviously we're here to talk about the murals, street art around Liverpool. Before we start, uh, Jamie, what's your view of the uh, the street art that's been coming up around Liverpool? I love
2: it. I think it's uh, it's fantastic, and I'm bound to say that obviously because I'm involved on one or two. But uh, but no, I, I think it adds something to the uh, the streets and, and obviously the side of the walls. A lot of the times at the side of of houses that are on the you know the end of the streets, and I, I think it adds something. I remember seeing something that we've got in my uh, Area of Bootle, and uh, it was something done with the Beatles and John Lennon and Paul McCartney. That was probably about ten years ago. When I just thought, "Wow, drive past it most days." And I thought that looks fantastic. Why couldn't we do more of that? Maybe it was, a, it was a council thing, it was a funding thing. But I've always liked the look of rather than just having a you know a, a concrete side of a house just standing there in sort of dark brown or grey, having some colour and just bringing sort of a you know the local area to life. So that was a long time ago. Before obviously I, I met up with Mark and the gang, so. Uh, so, yeah, I'd always
4: thought it looked something uh, pretty special.
3: So, Mark, how did you first sort of get in touch with Jamie or start doing stuff with Jamie?
4: Well, one of our first commissions, actually, quite early on after the Henderson piece, we got asked by it's a hotel near Anfield uh, on the Anfield Road called Arc Hotel. And they wanted to do a piece where they were celebrating five different players. So it was the back of five players looking into the cop, which had Kenny Dalglish on it, Stephen Gerrard, Virgil Van Dyke, and then Jamie. Uh, was the other one? I'm sure there's one more. There's uh, one more. Fowler. Robbie Fowler. Yeah, yeah we forgot Robbie Fowler. So <laughs> that was it. We, we put that piece up. Jamie came down. Jamie came down and signed the wall. And that was when we first met.
3: So the location of one of Jamie's murals is in Bootle, isn't it? That's where you grew up, isn't it, Jamie?
4: Yeah, that, that's right
2: in the heart of the, the local community. So, I mean, across the road is the Brunswick Boys Club where I, you know, as a kid after school, I'd go in there, play football, table tennis pool. At the back of the mural is my dad's pub that he had when I was a kid and at the back of the pub is my primary school that area where the mural is is basically where I grew up I learned to play football whether it was in the at school in the gym on the streets and the actual street that the mural is on is where uh, my wife grew up so my mum still lives there she lives on uh, Spencer Street so this this mural is at the end of Spencer Street just off Marsh Lane where we all grew up so we're part of uh, the family and the community yeah
3: is that is that more of a sort of a Liverpool supporting area or an Everton supporting area would you say
2: I'd say Everton you know all, all the kids who went to the school who were, who were in my in my class a year or two above or just below I mean don't forget that this was at the height of you know Merseyside dominating English football and abroad as well so there was always the cup finals 86 and 89 Liverpool and Everton winning league titles at that time, European trophies. So every sort of end of the season felt big. A lot of the kids in, in, in sort of my era, if you like, a lot of the big families at that time were, were big Everton you know, families. So we'd all go to Wembley. Everton got to Wembley in 84, 85, 86, and 89. What for uh, uh, fan here? So, Don't talk
3: know. about 84. <laughs> I know, I know, I
2: know. Elton John and all that crying yeah. before the game. Yeah. He must have knew what was going to happen.
3: Yeah, I was crying yeah. al- crying <laughs> after the game, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Steve here with Andy Gray yeah so we'd remember all that so I mean Everton had four FA Cup finals in about six or seven years so we'd all leave from the coach would basically be where the mural was we'd leave there and go down to Wembley and get dropped off there about 12 o'clock at night after the game so again that was that was just where everyone was and yeah there was a big uh, Evertonian feeling in the area and that still
3: is you know obviously being a Liverpool legend growing up as an Everton fan has that ever been kind of strange for you I mean you must have been asked that many times but how old was that for you or was it just completely normalised I
2: didn't Find it odd because you're in the, the youth setup or the, the school of excellence setup as it was then for so long. And when I was a kid, first going to Liverpool, I was still an Everton fan. I didn't think like I was playing for Liverpool really, even at you know 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I know I was in the system, but for me, if you're if you Liverpool or Everton, it meant the first team. You know, that was me just trying to learn to be a footballer and you know maybe have a future in the game. And, and you dream of going through the youth ranks of a football club and playing for the team, but the reality is it's very few and far between. So I always class an academy or a school of excellence, almost like a a private school for education, you know, but you don't have to pay for it, you know. So when I say that to mums and dads coming through anywhere, whether the kids at Liverpool or Everton right now, I say, don't get fixated on playing in the first team. Just think you're working with the best coaches in the area. You're playing against the best players every night or four or five nights a week, and that's going to make you a better player when you get to 18, 19 when it became, basically becomes decision time. So yeah, I wasn't too focused on Liverpool. I always had great belief in myself. I must say that, but I was still an Everton fan right up until just before I started playing for Liverpool's. Team.
3: So do you, do you still look out For the Everton results Then on a Saturday or Oh look of course out-
2: But I mean It's, it's not it, it, You can't miss them I still live in the local area It's not like we're talking about A, a team from In a far foreign land Looking no. out for the results I mean Every Liverpool fan Looks for the Everton results And hopes to get beat <laughs> you know, we, we we all look for our rivals' results. I'm a big Liverpool fan. You, listen, we all know we can't deny it. We always feel a little bit better when our rivals aren't doing well. Yeah, you always want your own team to win, but the, the icing on the cake is when you know uh, either Man United or Everton have lost as well. So that's I always call that a Carlsberg weekend if Liverpool have won and United <laughs> haven't lost. Yeah, I always post a pint of Carlsberg on me, uh, my every social.
3: You were originally a, a fullback, weren't you? But it was under Rafa Benitez that you moved to centre back. Uh, how did how did you, that feel at the top? or was that something you always felt coming?
2: Listen, I mean, as a kid, I was a centre-forward. I was a striker. I broke all the records, come through school and county and Liverpool. And they actually on the mural, I'm you know when we spoke about the mural we wanted a sort of symbol of Everton on there because basically the area I was in was a big Everton area and that's where I grew up and I was an Everton fan so me on that mural in the Everton kit that's me as a centre forward that's me as a kid really so the fullback thing was basically me just trying to save my Liverpool career in some ways I'd been a midfield player a striker and I just got put there because to play for Liverpool at 20 years of age at centre back is a big ask now I I did it for a season and that was then my best position there was no doubt you're not at the peak of your powers you know you know, so Sammy Hippier came in, Stefan Henschel came in, they were 26-27 That's what you want from a centre-back and a goalkeeper because they're positions that, if you make a mistake, it's probably going to cut the team the game, Yeah. really and when you're a young player no matter what position you play you're still learning I'm proud of the fact that I did that because it saved me Liverpool career in that I couldn't have accepted being substitute for two or three years and waiting for Sammy Ippier and Enshow to move aside so I'd never played fullback before in my life until I played it for Liverpool so I'm proud of the fact that I could adapt to that and end up going to World Cups with England in that position so there was the fact that I, could, I had a good understanding of the game meant I could play other positions and uh, also the manager at the time Gerard Houllier, was desperate for me to be in the team somewhere just because of my personality and character character so it, it it lasted a lot a lot longer than I thought it was going to last. So I end up sort of in those positions for four or five years, as you said before uh, Rafa Benitez came in. I
4: must say though, just going back onto the mural itself, so obviously that was the whole point of it. That great story there about Jamie being an Everton fan and then becoming a Liverpool player and a legend. That's what we wanted to get across in the mural. So obviously him holding up that Champions League trophy in Eastland Ball is absolutely brilliant. But the fact that you've got a nod to the fact that Jamie grew up as an Everton fan is brilliant. But I must say that actually where Jamie's saying there's a picture of him in an Everton kit, that's actually not Jamie in an Everton kid. That's actually my son, Caden. And the reason is that all the pictures that we got sent from his dad, they were too blurry or couldn't really work with them. So um, what i done was I actually put a tweet out to some Everton fans asking if anyone had that specific kit whatever year it was 86 or something like that without saying what it was for someone came back to me and said yeah no problem set it at the post so we had my son modelling that kit um, so we <laughs> cut, <laughs> his head, cut his head off and then put, um, put uh, sorry, James' face on it I don't, did you know that Jamie? I
5: do now yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. Like that must have been well proud keep, keep that quiet from the Evertonians that is one thing that gave me sleepless night the night before painting you as a child but I've got to be honest when, when your mum was stood next to me you said, "Oh, you've got it absolutely spot on. Now. That's it. I had a good night's sleep the next night. I that that, night that's but, yeah. the only validation you need,
4: isn't it? It's, it's not what Jamie
5: thinks. not Jamie's mum, 100. As long as everyone's okay, I think that's made it probably the most respected of all the murals in the Liverpool area. So because of that unity it's showing and because it's it's both teams together. Like honestly, it's the one it's the one people talk to us about most because of that. It it's was amazing. it
4: was also probably one of the most stressful. Then you they? Know, they're not. They're a bit stressful before you do it because you're always worried is it going to go right is it going to go wrong but it normally always goes to plan but that one we had a few issues, mainly because Mark kind of had one job was to turn up with the extension lease so he can plug in his projectors to it what night for. And of course we got there and he didn't bring it. We had to go over to the Brunswick Centre and ask the guys there. And I think they, between them and the pub, which would have been Dad's <laughs> pub, we managed to get about thirty extension leads of about half so a man. meter, running from <laughs> the pub all the way to the to the car park. So it was pretty dramatic. It was yeah. uh, it was it's, quite, it's funny to look at now, but it's pretty stressful that night.
3: Character building. Was this it's also the one where everyone passing by was a, an extended member of Jamie's family.
4: Everyone's Jamie's cousin, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the amount of people that come past, they start talking about it and go, yeah, yeah, Jamie's my cousin, by the way. And we're like, okay, brilliant. And then when Jamie turned up the next day, it's funny they all going up to him and going, can I have my photograph of you? So they very, <laughs> very distant, but yeah, there's there's some interesting characters, there. lovely people. The people standing there chatting to us, we made some really good friends a couple of days yeah. Working on that mural in and people we still speak to today, and we even had one guy who literally stood on the corner, jumping up and down, getting the cars to hoot as uh, as they passed by, just to get some sort of. Uh, <laughs> I think when, when you're
5: trying to keep a straight face because he kept stitching me up. He kept going, "Oh, Mark, come and meet this guy. It's Jamie's cousin. Come and meet this guy. it's Jamie's cousin." I'm like, <laughs> and you're trying to keep a straight face as you're walking over there. Like, oh, uh, there's a few characters down there, isn't there <laughs> Yeah, there is. But you know what? Salt of the earth. Every one of them that came past. Do you need anything, boys? Do you need something? To do you need something to drink? Are you hungry? You know, it was it was it was a great time. It was it was we, we really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. yeah, I mean at
4: that point obviously we'd met each other at the Arc Hotel, um, but we was doing everything through the 23 Foundation. Uh, through Jamie's dad and it was I think the next day because obviously we was waiting for Jamie to come down but he sent me a text message got my number or someone and, and said he was boss that so I knew that we'd done a good job
3: if someone tells you it's boss in Liverpool it's boss yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you finally saw it who did you take down with you to to have a look at your mural when it was unveiled
2: to be honest I, I don't know I think I maybe come down with my wife Nicola and I wasn't expecting I mean there was I, it felt like there was hundreds of people there I wasn't expecting them. I was like oh my god what's going on here I should have <laughs> known I know what my dad's like so everyone was there family and friends obviously for me mum and dad that's exactly where they grew up as kids so they were born on that road, Marsh Lane so for them obviously they were really proud to see it there but yeah I wasn't expecting it, but I should have known better. We all we all come out to support each other.
4: Obviously, one of the other parts of the mural was obviously the mark, the nod to to Hillsborough with the ninety six, which is really nice and touching. And then obviously we've we've changed that now. We've updated that unfortunately to ninety seven uh, when Andrew Devine passed away earlier this year, last year. So um, yeah, that's been updated since then as well. But it keeps it up to date, doesn't
5: it? But even yeah. that caught a bit of a do we do we change it or not? Because I mean, in the original photo, they've obviously got these massive and just opened up football kits and gave them to them to put on so of course all the shorts are all creased and all this and so we're like do we use artistic license and just have them right or do we have it how it is what do we do so it's going with an iron yeah so, so we're not going, <laughs> going with it just putting the creases in but yeah more dilemmas
3: so we'll, we'll come on to uh your your charity work and stuff in a minute jamie but before before we do that who who else do you think should get a mural in in the liverpool area you, you know what i would say
2: St- stevie Gerrard has got a few in different areas but I think for, for how big a figure he is in Liverpool football club it doesn't feel like there's a or maybe I've got this wrong but a, a real standout sort of you know there's a great one of Ian Rush and a great I'm not sure if you's lads did that there's one like really yeah. face field you obviously got Jordan Henderson and Trent around, around field. I know Stevie's got one in a hotel on a not the hotel we were talking about at the other end uh, Is it in Taggies Or next door To that
4: There is But no We've done We've done a big giant Stephen Gerrard And you helped us with it no, no No I remember But the actual wall It was on I don't know Who, who commissioned Or asked you to do it Is like a window Going through the middle Or No 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 So there, there was There was a window Going through the middle Of his head But we had it Blocked in <laughs> The lady who owns The house actually uh, Asked us to get it Blocked in So she's now got a bedroom With no ventilation in there And the lady well, like, That was there Is no I, longer I think, in there. I think
0: that's more than Stephen Gerrard's weight. So I'm breaking up. Picture the scene. All of your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.
2: But the last time I saw that, that, I think maybe the picture you sent me had maybe a window going through the court. It, it, it should be a little bit, obviously that's not down to use, but you know, it almost in a in a, in a place where you go,
5: you know, that's where everyone can see it. But that gave us a great story, didn't it? Because it's like, whenever people ask us if the Liverpool fans are as passionate as everyone thinks they are, we're like, well, listen, a woman had a... A window bricked out so we could paint Stephen Gerrard on her wall. Yeah. Do we need to say any more? You know, she's got a room that she can't, can't see. It now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: she, also, she also went out and bought a brand new uh, n- uh night dress,
5: didn't she? Yeah. the photo shoot when the echo came down. Like, yeah, the uh... you know, big dressing gown, the slippers, it was brilliant.
2: You've obviously done a lot of them, you know. You've asked me, but I mean, is there someone you think is, is you know, you've done a lot of them, you've probably seen a lot of the others. Is there something that stands out where there isn't one of someone
4: has King Kenny got one like really iconic anywhere? Or... There's a few. Th- small ones of Kenny. There's not a giant one. There's not a giant one of Shankly. So, you know, for me, I like to kind of do the real old school legends. The the modern day players, you know, they're the ones that are going to get more attention for us. So we've got to look at it from two sides. One, as a business point of view and two, what we want to do emotionally. But I think that, you know, realistically, we need to be doing the legends, but definitely the legends that are are still around because we want to do like what we've done with Ray Clements. We want them to see it. You know, Ray Clements, unfortunately, was, was not very, very well. Yeah. When we actually got uh, that one in place, but he got to see it, he was absolutely delighted that as a mural of him, which means that his legacy continues by Anfield. So, you know, there's a few really, really is, iconic is there any more walls, walls left. There's, <laughs> okay, there's, sure. uh, there's not many walls left around Anfield, but we do get calls on a weekly basis saying, I've got a wall, can you come and paint it? So, there's
5: a few around Goodison. Yeah, <laughs> I do not say that.
4: <laughs> well, mate, mate, is, there, is there one on the side of your house?
2: Yeah, yeah, we are <laughs> Space, yeah. So,
4: what what you, you, do you just get on, on the Back
2: of you know, maybe it was mine or or different other ones. I mean, do you get a lot of is a lot of your business now in Liverpool on the back of of that? You get a lot more Liverpool than maybe other
4: supporters. Yeah, we've got we've got a huge amount of stuff up in Liverpool, which is why. I used to say that Liverpool's my second home but I'd say that it's probably my home and then Essex is my second home yeah we've got loads of work on the back of it but it's opened up now because obviously we don't just do football so we're doing lots of other things we're working with great brands like Sony Pictures and Hasbro doing Transformers which is amazing but England Rugby is another one and then all the other football clubs we're starting to work with now Tottenham Hotspur Watford, West Ham Brighton, Crystal Palace so I think that a lot of them are looking what's going on around Liverpool and wanting to replicate that for yeah. their team so I'd say Liverpool the pioneers, aren't they? Really?
3: Definitely no. the forefront, hundred percent. The shop window for uh, for the murals, isn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we have got a few around Watford now as well, so that's good because uh, yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean Wat-
4: Watford's great. Yeah, like, I saw that it was
2: the Graham Taylor one. Yeah. 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 Is that is that by the club shop?
3: It's on the Vicarage Road end, but it's a bit further the other the other end, so it's on the other corner of the club shop. Yeah.
2: I, I think it was last season or maybe the season before. We did a few Friday night games from there. and I saw that he's he's done one for Graham Taylor. Yeah. 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 Right. We've
3: done uh,
4: we've done Elton John now on the side of the Elton John's. Okay. since then as well so but Watford's great I mean we we can literally just turn up there if we've got a spare day and just start painting somewhere and yeah they're, they're brilliant they love what we do and you know we can walk around to Watford now with our murals caps on and get recognised as we do in Liverpool so <laughs> yeah,
5: it's quite good it's really good that Graham Taylor mural for me is like your mural is for you in Bootle it's painted in the church that I used to go to youth club in because I, I was brought up in Watford so I used to go to youth club in the church of the, the grounds that it was painted in and it was opposite, obviously Watford where Graham Taylor used to get out the, the tickets for the uh, family enclosure. So I first see top flight football there in that stadium. So it's opposite there, and it's next to obviously the hospital that I was born in. So it's the same. I've, I've got that little triangle like you've got in Bootle. So that one's always, always been special for me. But Mark's not me. on the wall, though. but I'm not on the wall. <laughs> one day. You'll get there one, one day. day. I am. A, I am at Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Leah Williamson, and you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast
3: let's let's just move on to the 23 foundation tell us a little bit about the 23 foundation
2: well that's something that uh, come on the back of me being at Liverpool for, for so long and you're getting a testimonial and you know the proceeds from the game went to uh, my foundation so I, I, at the time there weren't that many other foundations I think in terms of players or maybe one of the first to have one but I didn't want to call it the Jamie Carragher foundation I thought it might be a little bit too uh, egotistical a little bit maybe I'm wrong but I just want to call it the 23 because I I I. I my, my feeling on charity work is that it's not something, and I know I'm speaking about it here, but it's not something you should be shouting from the rooftops about. I think it's something that you, someone in a position like me should a little bit back. Now, who knows how much, right? Should, should I do more? Should I do less? Other place, as long as you're doing something. So I think, you know, creating the 23 Foundation, it's something that I want to be there forever and almost pass on to the, the kids to look after. And, and if we can help people in the future, it's a tough place to, to grow up and it's not easy for people in terms of food banks, you know, feeding the kids, you know, getting by certainly in this day and age. So the 23 Foundation I think is a big help to certainly the local area. It doesn't go any further afield than, than Liverpool or Merseyside. And I do try and look after after Bootle as much as I possibly can when uh, grants or applications come in. So we, we do that twice a year, almost like a winter fund and a, and a summer fund. Yeah, we just try and keep things like the youth clubs going, the food banks going. Obviously when the kids were in in school with the pandemic, you know, making sure the brunny was stocked up with food so people would go in there because, you know, kids were having to have three meals a day as opposed to two with not being able to get the school dinner so yeah it's, it's been a good thing that we're all proud of it's not just about me there's a, there's a team of us who work and a lot of people behind the scenes as well but yeah it's something I'm incredibly proud of but I, I also think it's something that should be expected of someone in my position of being totally honest
4: you, you do say that it's something that should be done but not everyone does not everyone can but you know if you can and you do then it's amazing and we've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. the work that Jamie and, and that foundation does around the area have seen it and the people around there are really grateful
5: for that's it that's the thing it's and not just see, yeah they, they all talk about it don't they, they, they talk about
4: it they appreciate it. it which makes it even more worthwhile really
5: doesn't it yeah. they say um the, the thing they love about jamie the most is that he, he doesn't forget where he's from he doesn't get above himself he doesn't he and he, he do whatever he can for his neighbors and his people and his cousins and even, even more so now <laughs> so, yeah well yeah. So when, you, when you're related to them, well, you've got to look after them. <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah, <laughs> so, so that can be visited yeah. at uh, jamiecarragher23.com, can't it? Yeah.
4: The uh, Football for Change as well, which Jamie's not heavily involved with, aren't you, Jay?
3: Yeah, th- th- that came about on the back of basically
2: the 23 Foundation. I-, I don't have a a dinner or a golf day every year. I know some charities do with- and t- to bring funds in, and I totally get that. I find it awkward asking people to do like stuff and can you bring this auction prize and asking people to go somewhere. I don't like putting people on the spot and basically we've got a fund of probably over a million pounds now that... Gives out the interest, but how we take over and bring more money in is memorabilia for fans. They pay for it, and we, we send the money to the Twenty Three Foundation. So after ten years, we thought, you know, ten year anniversary, we'll do a dinner. And the, the lads who did the dinner and organised it, they got the idea. Well, okay, we we, we enjoyed organising this, how it works, the money raised, and we'd like to do something every year because we think we can organise a dinner, make it work, look good. But I didn't want to be my charity, but they wanted me to head another charity. So. So I'm almost like the chairman of that charity if you like and that's called Football for Change but what we want to try and do is look at basically a lot of almost every football has come from a working class background so the first dinner was in Liverpool the last one we had was in Manchester we almost want to take it round the country to working class areas So, and for each time you go to a particular place say let's let's say Newcastle Alan Shearer is the, the patron that, that year and the money we raise he chooses where it goes to so that gets So we look after Newcastle that year. Then we go to London, maybe to Raheem Stern or a Rio Ferdinand. They're almost like the the most important person on that night. They raise the money with the the people they know. And they can keep the money as in, they can see where it goes. So we don't want to just touch on a Liverpool thing. We want to sort of say, well, there's a lot of footballers in this country from work-class backgrounds. We're going to give them an opportunity to we'll have one night. We'll celebrate their career. We'll go to where they're from. And all that money raised, they can choose where that goes to in their local area. So basically, football for change. And more often than not, it's, it's trying to help young people out of poverty and try and help young people achieve what, you know, the superstar of that area has gone on to achieve. Who was like a, you know, an icon for everyone, like a, like a Shearer is in Newcastle, uh, maybe a Steven Gerrard is in Liverpool, uh, Marcus Rashford is in Manchester. So that's the idea, I and mean, we think can get all the footballers basically involved in this. So we, we think this could be as one of the biggest charities out there. That's certainly the aim. If we get certainly the backing of, you know, see Premier League footballers, and they we, we got invited to
4: the Liverpool one at the Titanic Hotel. It was an absolutely brilliant event. There's some amazing right. people. Jamie had a few jars, so he was uh, he was yeah. us- But, I mean,
2: the, the lads who put the, the dinner on, I mean, we've only had two up to now, but the first one, we've we had Rod Stewart up singing. The one in Manchester, we had Noel Gallagher. So, you're talking about an unbelievable night. So, th- that's their area of expertise, Dan and Alex, who, who, who are in charge of it. So, they can uh, run a really good night. So, yeah, we're hoping it'll uh, go arms and legs and, and be bigger and better and, and raise more money and help more people.
4: I saw Rod Stewart in my Costa Coffee in Harlow, <laughs> Uh, not that long ago, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to chat to him." And obviously, I've got that link that you know he was he was singing and performing at that event that Jamie was hosting. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd go and have a chat with him. But unfortunately, what happened was as we came into the Costa Coffee, a little bird flew in. So uh, him and his wife were more worried about getting this bird out and having a chat with me about for coffee chat. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty cool.
3: It's good to see that Rod's still chasing birds at his age, isn't it? Really. Uh... <laughs>
5: One thing I did want to ask you, Jamie, is um, I listened to your um, your podcast with Stephen Bartlett, and uh, one thing I, I, I kind of picked up on you were saying on there was um, how you were kind of kept grounded and kept focused and motivated by a feeling that you didn't feel that rated uh, mm. through your career. So, my question being now, like obviously, the fans will put you up as someone they wanted a mural of. Does that adjust that at all? Or does it make you feel any more rated? I mean, bearing in mind no. they both. Yeah, yeah. I
4: mean, it. it...
2: It was always that feeling as a player, in that yeah, I mean, maybe rated probably I probably maybe didn't word that right. It's almost feeling that I haven't done enough. I don't know how you feel,ing you you know everyone's got their own sort of workplace or what you do, you know, and you're obviously very proud of what you've done, and I'm proud of what I did as a player. But it was always that feeling, if I haven't done enough, I can do more. It's almost like you're never almost satisfied with what you've done. So there's always that feeling. I must say, Martin yeah. It, 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 it's one of the highlights of my career. I, I, I do have to say that because, you know, to think that, you know, my mum and dad, as young kids running up and down that, you know, lane where they were from, me growing up there, my family, and to have that, you know, you think of all the people who've come out to Bootle and, and for me to be the one person who's got something like that is it, it's it's pretty special. It is, I mean, I'm not someone who looks back too much. I'm always looking forward to the next thing I can do, but sometimes things pop up now and again, but it gives you that opportunity to look back and then mural always gives me that opportunity. You know, I can't obviously go down there and not see it. I'm down there a lot. All my family are there. So I see it probably, uh, you know, a few times a week. And yeah, every time I drive past it, it is that little moment. I think, wow, you know, that that's me. And thank you. Thanks a lot. It's great. We're getting a mural at the sky. <laughs> 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 the
4: thing is, right, we, we trust what you're saying. Now that you're a of course, as a professional football player, but we trust what you're saying to the point, I think, when one of the first times we met, I actually asked him a question we were talking about Spurs were winning the league clear yes. at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was actually panicking, going, is Tottenham going to win the league? I can't have Tottenham win the league. And he said, oh, they're never going to win the league with Hoiberg. And that yes. was it. And I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> "It was it's actually turned out to be a decent player, hasn't it? Yeah, it made you feel but, a lot uh, better. Oh, it did. And obviously, you know, it worked. They then came, uh, what came third or and fourth on, season yeah. so yeah dropped away but Jamie's been brilliant for us obviously we've done this mural and since then he's been so supportive of what we do and helped open up doors that other people can't and and uh, he's been really good to us into the point that I messaged him once and said that my son's got a school project and he needs a little bit of help on interviewing uh, uh, you know someone professional in their in their game and he was like no problem let's set it up and he'd done a 45 minute zoom podcast uh, interview with my uh, my 11 year old son which was amazing but um, what what mark did he get well you did ask you did ask me that at the event and we said he got a's but i'll be honest with you, I've, <laughs> I've, I've never told you i've never told you this but um the, the recording didn't come out <laughs> <laughs> and he went absolutely mad at me because he said that i should have recorded it i said that he should have been taking notes but i remembered enough to give him the answers he was. he got top marks out of it it was a brilliant interview I've got it if anyone ever wants to see it. It's got no sound. That's the problem.
5: <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah,
4: we, we were looking. In <laughs> fact, I actually did. There's, there's a guy I know at Watford Football Club, who is a deaf guy, and I asked him, would you be able to lip read this? And uh, <laughs> it was about 45-minute long uh, thing, so the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's brilliant. Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Good luck for the future. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Justin. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Take care.
3: Superb. Yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? I really enjoyed talking to Jamie. He, just, he, he, he felt as if you could have a lot more of his time. He, he, I know he had something else to do when we finished talking with him. He was going on some television programme somewhere, but he just said, you know, take as long as you like. There was no rush. It was absolutely fantastic.
4: Yeah, well, look, we, we touched on it, didn't we? And I had to break the news to him that um, when he very kindly done a project for my son's school, school oh, yes. homework... And yes. we recorded the whole thing and it never came out. <laughs> you know, it's just it's so funny to see his reactions on these things and he's just he's good as gold, he really is, and he's a proper laugh as well. I mean, he he had a very, very good, successful career playing for club and country. Hmm. Um but I, I would argue that his uh, punditry career is, is probably even more successful yeah, yeah. uh because he's just he's just so likable and I'll admit it, you know, as a football fan. I didn't like Jamie Cameron as a player he was horrible he was aggressive but you know what he's the kind of player you want on your team Yeah. and now again preconceptions but when I got to meet him everything went out the window and one of the nicest guys I've ever met let alone the nicest football players and I can't play a bigger compliment than that having met a lot of people
3: yeah I I definitely enjoyed his company he was great fun